Welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. We are your hub for queer and trans mental health care. Each episode, we'll speak with one of our therapists or collective members and chat about a mental health topic using a queer lens. And I am your host, Renee Johnson, licensed professional clinical counselor, art therapist, and founder of Open Space Therapy Collective. Today, we are talking with Mikey Whiten, he, they. Mikey is a psych NP and does medication consultation with OSTC. Mikey specializes in working with queer and trans folks 16 and up. As we dive into today's topic, please keep in mind that this is a mental health podcast and we will talk about sensitive issues. If you would like to be informed of any trigger warnings, please read the podcast description. Hi, welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. And we have our collective member, psych MP, Mikey Whited with us. It's so good to have you back. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Excited to come back and talk about some drugs. Yes, let's get into drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this will probably be the beginning of a series about drugs because mm-hmm. we get a lot of questions, and obviously you do too, about what all these different medications are and people get a lot of mixed information and you being the best psych that I know is a perfect person to help educate all of us. Excellent. Um, Cool. So today we're going to be talking about SSRIs, which are kind of, whenever anybody thinks about an antidepressant, they're probably thinking about an SSRI. They um, have been around for a long time. If anybody's ever heard of Prozac, Mm. that was kind of the big one that first everybody started to get introduced to. It is something we still do use, but we uh, have now a whole, there's a whole family of medications in the same category. What SSRI means is Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitor, which means that um, the way your brain sends a signal is one cell sends a signal down, um, it's called dendrite to an axon, and then it releases these little chemicals. And that those little chemicals float across a little gap that's called a synapse, and they touch the next cell and give it a message, and that cell sends the message on. Okay. And those little things that go in that come out into the synapse, which is the little like battleground in the middle, mm-hmm. is the synapse, and those are called neurotransmitters that you probably heard of, such as serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine, those kinds of things. And so selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, the way they work is when your body releases them out to go push the next cell and tell it to send a signal, it then usually sucks them back up to reuse them. Mm. And what it does, it stops that first cell from sucking it back up. So it stays in there and keeps pushing the button so you get more signal. Okay, so as a non-science person, Mm -hmm. So essentially, it's kind of like a, a handoff from one cell to another one mm-hmm. of the serotonin or dopamine or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it helps both cells hang on to it, so or it, just lets the handoff stay at. So the it just other lets one. it just lets the ball stay there longer. Okay. It doesn't actually. Um, you don't. The way this one works, you don't make more. You don't release more. You just don't suck it back up. So it just kind of stays there longer so it can activate longer. Um, That being said, different medications have other things that are doing other stuff Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And different ones also hit different kinds of serotonin. Because serotonin has a bunch, there's, there's, serotonin is serotonin, Mm -hmm. but the receptors that it fits into, Mm -hmm. there's two, there's a bunch of different serotonin receptors. And that's where you're going to get the different kind of 
nuanced effects from each different mm. medication is doing a different kind of thing. Or also you can think about like, so say you have like, say serotonin is blue. And then you have also, there's also these other things. It's like this one's also got a little bit of pink and a little bit of orange and a little bit. And so that's gonna get kind of that flavor of that, um, that color of that medication is not only just the serotonin part, but the other stuff that goes along with it is how the different medications happen. And so all SSRIs are gonna do that serotonin reuptake. Okay. Um, I'm gonna just on, because it's, they're being used a lot more. There's also SNRIs, which is serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake mm. inhibitors. And those work in a similar fashion, but they also do, they also have the same effect on serotonin and norepinephrine or other meds will have like, like Wellbutrin, which a lot of people have heard about, um, also called Zyban. Um, that one is dopamine and norepinephrine, doesn't have as much serotonin activity. Okay. So that's kind of where you're gonna get the classes of medications is by okay. what they're doing. Okay. So when we talk today about SSRIs, we're talking just about the SSRI family. Mm-hmm. Some can be, some parts will be applied to other things and we'll probably talk about that yeah. as we go through. But that's kind of the gist of how it's working. Okay. Um, can you talk a little bit more about like what serotonin does in the brain? Like if we get, a, if we get that, serotonin in between those cells a little bit longer and pushes that button a little bit longer. What's happening? So that I'm just going to be very honest. We love to pretend we know. We don't exactly <laughs> know. Anybody who says they know has a we know pieces of it mm-hmm. and we can say things about it because of how we've studied it, but we don't fully know how the brain works. Otherwise we could make it do things. Yeah. Can't make brains do anything. So, but a lot of what serotonin, and we usually talk about these as antidepressants. In my, uh, in my experience and um, the more that I've learned about how serotonin stuff, serotonin often actually kind of, I associate it more with the anxiety side of things. Hmm. Um, and um, it also, not only does it do that and also has a play with, with depression and anxiety, I'm sure you've talked about in other episodes with how there's interplay between de- if you're really, really anxious, you're often a little depressed. If you're really depressed, you're often a little anxious because of other factors. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the SSRIs, um, they work really well for depression and anxiety, and certain ones list more to the anxiety side, certain ones list more to the depression side. Okay. That's where that like kind of different hue of the medication is what I was talking about. Got it. Um, so an SSRI would like cause more anxiety as a side effect or less. help anxiety less so than. the way I talk about it with my patients is say we're at a, a say we're at like zero to ten ten mm-hmm. like totally freaking out zero don't care at all mm-hmm. um, if you're riding around a nine most of the time we're gonna take you down to a seven or six mm-hmm. we're not gonna be no we're not gonna have no anxiety that is a fail on medication people have taken meds before and mm-hmm. like well I felt nothing that is a fail. That is not good. We can, you can go too far. Mm-hmm. What we're shooting for is really just turning the volume down on that so that wait, when you're dealing with stuff, you kind of get an experience of being like, wow, I didn't have to freak out right there. And it only usually is like, with my patients usually, I'm like, it's usually, a, if it's working, it's something, at first they say, I don't know. And later they're like, but I had this experience mm-hmm. that I usually really, really, don't like, can't tolerate, whatever, or I usually become a dick when this happens. And they're like, and I didn't. I thought about it, or like, I noticed, or like only later, or maybe someone else pointed out like, hey, you usually are freaking out by now. And they're like, I'm not. Mm -hmm. Then that's kind of like, 
it's kind of helping tone the volume down, it still should be you. Like it does not, like a lot of people think that like, I'm gonna take meds, gonna change who mm -hmm. I am as a person. Mm -hmm. You're still you. Mm -hmm. uh, also sometimes we can have massively bad reactions to things. Mm -hmm. Anytime you take a new medication, it could go terribly because mm -hmm. we don't know. Cause again, you know, the brain thing, they're all very similar and yet very, very different. Mm -hmm. So certain, like certain, brains don't like this mm -hmm. medication and that's not a problem with the brain it just means that didn't work for you sometimes mm -hmm. a different SSRI would work better mm -hmm. sometimes SSRIs aren't your thing mm -hmm. and so when you know something you've said to me a few times over the years as I've like tried to wrap my head around some of this medication is it's it's not so much about this medication is good or bad it's the medication is the key and the brain is the lock and you just gotta find the right key for the lock. And it's not necessarily a comment on like, this type of medication is bad and scary and this type is good. Exactly, and that's the thing is I also talk to my patients sometimes they'll like, I get a complaint, like I feel like a lab rat. And unfortunately, kinda are, and not in the way that we're just experimenting mm -hmm. for the sake of science, we're experimenting with your brain. Mm -hmm. And um, because there's, um, a lot of people are used to like going to a doctor getting a test and having an answer. Mm -hmm. And that's not true with brains. Yeah. Um, we can even do a lovely fMRI of your brain and still have no idea what's happening <laughs> or what's wrong. Because sometimes it's like, sometimes there's massive things like you have a hole in your head. We definitely know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. But even having a hole in your head for different people does different things, yeah. even in the same area. And like we can, that's how a lot of like, we get our knowledge is like seeing this stuff. So sometimes like, you know, I tell people, I'm like, we're gonna try meds. It may take a while. Mm -hmm. We maybe have some uncomfortable things happening, but especially like this is why I talk to people like if we're feeling that bad or we're not functioning that like our functioning is that far down, mm -hmm. let's try some stuff. This is why when people come, a lot of people ask me, especially in my office, like, should I start medication? Mm -hmm. And we discuss the medication. Can you afford to take medication? Are you in therapy? Have you tried that first? Are you prepared for possible side effects? Mm -hmm. With all that in mind, do you want to give this a shot? With SSRIs, the side effects are not permanent. It is not one of those meds you take it and we're, and this thing happens and it's stuck. Mm -hmm. You take it and if something bad's happening, 99% of the time you stop and it's stopped. It just goes away. It's not like, I mean, there's certain medications where like you get a side effect and it's happening and it's not going away. Mm -hmm that's not this kind of medication. Yeah. And um, another comment on kind of serotonin, which I wanted to bring up, which probably kind of get to, but like serotonin is in your whole body. It's not just in your brain. Mm -hmm. In fact, 80% of the serotonin receptors in your body are in your gut. Mm. So people talk about, there's like a whole thing about like the whole, totally different talk, but like there's the whole like gut brain yeah. and brain brain, and they're very related and your gut biome and all like, like your physical health infects your mental health and then all that interplay. Cause the same chemicals are being used. Sure. Like, so for this though, with the SSRI, it's just working on the serotonin and the um, uptake inhibitors and all that stuff in your brain, not in other parts of your body. Untrue. Oh, um, okay. So no, it, this is why, um, and I don't know if we wanna, wanna touch on side effects just real quick, but like mm -hmm. the first place it's gonna get is where you have the most serotonin neuroceptors in your body, which is here in your gut. Cool. So when we start SSRIs, the first thing some, most people get, and I call it like a bubbly tummy. Mm -hmm. Some people have gotten as far as extreme as some diarrhea, but like it's mostly just like your gut's like, 
ooh, we've got more serotonin. You know what we should do? More stuff. And you know what we do with more stuff? We poop. Um, so that's why like your gut's gonna move a little bit faster, your GI system's gonna be more active. I call it a bubbly tummy, because I mean, some, I mean, I tried to take in SSRIs in my life, and like, yeah, some weird farts, but like, nothing unmanageable. Um, but if you don't, if you're not prepared for that, then that, and that usually goes away because your body gets used to things really fast. Yeah. Um, so it's not like a permanent thing. Mm -hmm. It's more like it's making a change. Your body's getting used to it. How, one of the questions I get a lot is how long will I, will it be before I know if it's working or not? And like, if we get bubbly tummy, is that, how do I know when, if that's just me getting used to it or if that's just going to be like a permanent side effect if I keep taking this? So I have to say, I have yet to have anybody that did take it for more than, did take it for more than two weeks. The bubbly tummy is usually, I would say the first four or five days. Mm -hmm. And what I usually do, like, I will give them one a half dose of where I really kind of want to start them. Mm -hmm. For the, especially if you're somebody who has a more sensitive, reactive, delicate, whatever you're going to say, mm -hmm. GI tract, we're going to start slow. Or you're somebody who, in general, tends to get more side effects, which sometimes also happens to go with someone who is more anxious, mm -hmm. tends to have more side effects because you're already revved up and you're looking for them. Yeah. And so when you think about it, and there's that biofeedback of like, when you're upset, your stomach also, what does it do? It's like, no, get rid of everything or hold on to everything or, you know, doesn't function quite right. So that usually just goes away. It's a kind of a beginning thing. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but you're not going to get the effect of the medication, this part. Mm -hmm. Think about it as kind of like it's hitting receptors where they are, but you don't get an effect for four to six weeks of the general range, sometimes up to mm. eight. So this is the downside of them is it's not like an Advil. You take it, your headache goes away. You take this, you're still going to be anxious for several weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's more, and I think you can speak to this, is like somebody who's taken mood medications before, mm -hmm. anxiety medication. Um, there's glasses that work right away, which are more abusable. We don't really use them as mm -hmm. much. Or they're doing other things. But um, this one works very well. But again, it's something you usually look back and go, hey. Mm -hmm. Actually, this funny thing is like I usually by the time I get off the train because I'm really anxious about being on this train mm -hmm. I'm really sweaty and I'm like eh, and I just realized I just finished a chapter of my book yeah. weird like it's, it's that kind of it's a retroactive usually figuring out it's working um, and it shouldn't be like a pronounced like yeah. thing um, which is something that um, I think is really great because it lets people ease into it instead of that like quickly all of a sudden I've changed uh, symptoms or personalities and then that freaks you out right and it's it's when it's done well and it's the right dosage you don't go so it doesn't keep going where you go to numb out or you're not feeling anything. right um, but it's really important to stay patient and stay with it when people can get discouraged if like after three weeks they're still not noticing that any of the anxiety or de depression is, is lifting. Right, and sometimes people get what I call like kind of like this beginning boost, which usually more is a placebo effect because you've decided to take medication and you, the placebo effect is very powerful. And like, oh, I felt better for a week. And then a week later, like, well, now I feel normal again. Mm. That like kind of shiny new I'm doing something about it. Because mm -hmm. wait, in my practice, actually, I get more people complaining about their, the biggest problem is that like, they, especially it's an American thing, but like we go to a doctor, we get a pill, we feel better. Mm -hmm. And they're very upset with me when it's a month later and nothing's happened, or they take it for three days, nothing happened, they stop. Mm -hmm. Or they take it for three days, their stomach was a little upset and they decided that that was it and they stopped. Mm -hmm. This is why I try to have this conversation with people when I'm prescribing, like, mm -hmm. hey, this is what to expect. 
couple days of bubbly tummy, you get a little bubbly tummy, half the dose for four days, go back to the normal. Mm -hmm. This isn't gonna do much for, for a while. Mm -hmm. There are other medications that people maybe may have tried in the past. Like if you have a panic attack and go to the hospital, they give you what's in the class of benzodiazepines, mm -hmm. things that everybody knows about Xanax, yeah. um, the Valium. Those work right away, mm -hmm. but also are very abusable, are very habit forming, mm -hmm. um, can be physically dependent on. Mm -hmm. And people that have taken them before, that's the thing is I've had a lot of patients that were on those for a long time and then I try and switch them to an SSRI and they are very upset with me. Mm -hmm. I get many many phone calls about how upset they are because it's not what they're used to. Because yeah. it uses something that's like, I feel bad, I take it, I feel better. Mm -hmm. But it also wears off really fast. It's yeah. not really making a long-term change. Whereas an SSRI is something like, is making a gradual shift in your brain chemistry mm -hmm. to a place that tends to be less anxious, depressed. Mm -hmm. And that gradual change, while easier on your system, and I always recommend this over that, mm -hmm. um, Sometimes people are not willing to wait for it. And they're like, they're like, well, this didn't work. I'm, or like, or sometimes they feel really, really bad. And they're like, I don't know if I can tolerate feeling this bad for that long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, can I go six weeks to have a full trial of this medication before we even switch to something else? Yeah. Like, that's, it's hard to tolerate, mm -hmm. um, which is like why I usually like, like, hopefully they're in therapy and they have a therapist to talk to who, like, mm -hmm. we all, like, who can kind of help work through that. You've already been working on stuff and you have someone to talk to, like, hey, I'm feeling bad. Okay, maybe like like it may have you helpful someone around you. It's only been three weeks. Mm -hmm. We haven't hit four, five, and six yet. Four, five, and six are the ones where you're like, no, okay. Yeah, um, yeah and like being in therapy while you're going through this is really important. Like mm -hmm. so many people will say like, well, I, I started medication, so I won't need to go to therapy anymore. And it's like, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. Like this isn't gonna fix the root of what's happening this is going to bring you up a couple levels so you can start working on those things and sometimes there is a chemical imbalance sure. that it is helping correct yes that being said getting better coping skills in therapy mm -hmm. is always going to help mm -hmm. and um this kind of brings us to another topic i want to talk about is like fixing it mm -hmm. um there are certain mental disorders that like are more ba brain chemistry mm -hmm. disorders that like you know i put it in the more like it's in the the bipolar schizophrenia those kind of ones those are chemical things happening that we need to curb mm -hmm. correct blah 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 um depression not always so cut and cut and dried mm -hmm. um like when i work with people and especially someone who's never tried meds before possibly new to therapy i'm usually like let's try therapy for a couple months mm -hmm. don't or if, or if they're really really if they're having like severe symptoms and presentation sometimes like okay i recommend we go with meds and therapy right now just because things are that bad like if someone's having kind of suicidal thoughts on a very regular basis or they're feeling unsafe about how level okay we're getting you into therapy and i'm gonna start this med at the same time because mm -hmm. i want to start treating it a little bit sooner mm -hmm. um another piece that like there's a lot of these medications will come with a warning about suicide mm -hmm. and that's because again the effects come kind of in stages like you know it's like hitting gut first mm -hmm. whatever one of the things that happens first often when we're coming out of a very severe depression mm -hmm. is we get the energy back first but we don't get the feelings back first. Mm -hmm. And so then you have more energy, which is why they all have the warning of suicide is if you were too depressed and too 
missing motivation to even think about attempting mm -hmm. or doing or taking any action. And then you start taking meds. Now you've got more energy, but you're like, well, I don't even feel better yet. Now I'm going to go blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, this is why I always like people to be in therapy because I have someone to check in with who's going to be like, hey, you started meds. How mm -hmm. is that going? Mm -hmm. And oh, I like, you know, so you're still having those thoughts, but this has changed, which means there is change happening, mm -hmm. which we can sometimes kind of like work mm -hmm. through that together, kind of highlight and like, look, there is change happening, which means there's hope that yeah. this is going to happen. But today is not a good day. And we need to like acknowledge that and figure out how we're going to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And like those combining meds and therapy and learning those coping tools and having somebody reflect back to you what's happening and why it's happening is really helpful. And a lot of, you know, the, the clients that are, are coming into therapy or coming in for medication also have a slew of like life things happening that are affecting their mental state. Absolutely. And that, no medication is gonna touch no, that. And so that's a whole nother realm of like, if let's get the medication to help your chemistry get sorted out so we can continue to address and these things. This is the thing I talk about with patients. Like, there is no, there's no pill for rent. <laughs> there's really not, and I really want that one. But at the same time, you know what? Depression really, depression affects your cognitive abilities to problem solve and reason mm -hmm. through things to find ways to pay said rent. Mm -hmm. And that is something that, like, with the depression turn, like, we can turn depression down from, like, a nine to six. Mm -hmm it's easier to figure out like, you know what? I was really depressed and I had no motivation. My job is not paying my rent and that sucks and that's making me depressed. And also my, my boss is a douchebag. There's no pill for shitty job and douchebag boss and rent due. Mm -hmm. But what it can help with is, okay, I got a decent night's sleep last night because I'm not too anxious to go to bed and I feel rested today. And you know what? I have the energy. So before I go into this shit job with this crap boss, I'm going to fit an application for somewhere else, yeah. which would have seemed impossible before when we had to like, either we're getting very poor sleep quality, so in the morning at six in the morning, you're just like, I can't. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like those are the kind of things that we're looking to kind of help with the medication. And it's not like things that, those don't go away, yep. but they're more manageable. Yeah. Yeah, no pill for rent. Mm -hmm. My God, I wish there was one. I know. What, are there any side effects that we haven't touched on yet? Yes. And um, side effects are a big part of what appropriate medication prescribing should be discussed. So um, let's talk about some of the big down ones that I always talk about. So when we first start, there is, like I said, bubbly tummy. A lot of people don't like that. Um, tends to go away. Headache. First couple, first week or two. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. People don't like it. Usually it's something like, honestly, like I don't usually recommend just taking something for something, but like just take an Advil, usually it's not that bad. Yeah. If it is that bad, this is not your medication. Mm -hmm. um, some people get a little dizziness. I find that much less often. Mm -hmm. um, now once it's, and those are usually like kind of your beginning ones go away soon. Mm -hmm. um, these meds don't tend to be, some of them are more what we call activating, like make you feel like you have more energy. Some of them are more sedating, which mm -hmm. is like, well, I like, I tend to have people take those at bedtime, like, mm -hmm. like Zoloft. I always say people take at bedtime. Lexapro, I don't care what kind of the, what time of the day, it tends to be really energy neutral and like Prozac tends to make people kind of, ooh, I gotta get up and go. Um, so there's that. Now, longer term, 
serotonin is in your whole body and your brain drives everything. Mm -hmm. So one of the big ones that I talk to people about is libido and sexual function. It can definitely, definitely affect sexual function and that can, it manifests differently for everybody. It may mean that you no longer, it may not, it may mean uh, we no longer get erection aroused. It may mean that we get aroused, but we can't orgasm. It may be some constellation thereof, or maybe just like, well, I don't care at all anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that I always discuss with people. Um, like, it, it, sometimes that, sometimes sexual function may be the one thing that's working well in your life, and that goes away, and you're like, well, what the hell else am I going to mm -hmm. do now? You're like, well, that was the one thing I could do every day that would make me feel better, and now I don't want to, slash I can't. Yeah. And that can be really upsetting, especially if nobody warned you about it. Mm -hmm. There are things we can do about that sometimes. Like, if, the, if it's going well, like, symptom-wise, mm -hmm. but we have that happening, sometimes we can do things like add a little, a little touch of um, Wellbutrin to, to bring up the dopamine, because arousal's interplay between dopamine and norepinephrine it is technically different depending on what our physiology anatomy is but for the most part like adding a little bit of wellbutrin sometimes we'll bring that back or we add a little bit of um use bar which is an sri but it kind of flicks a little bit of the serotonin extra that we didn't need mm -hmm. off, off a certain type of receptor that sometimes we're like oh my god look it's back um so like that's something that i really like to talk to people about also sometimes certain ones there's some weight gain sometimes so, and so it's not necessarily there's anything in the med that like there's nothing in the pill that is there's no fat in the pill mm -hmm. but um, sometimes it can be that like certain people gain weight because they're not stressed out and pacing all the time or it like someone like me would like when I'm feeling very bad I don't I have no appetite mm -hmm. and if I were to have a medication that was going to take away my anxiety, I'd probably really want to eat three meals a day because I'm not on the edge of my seat. Yeah. And so it really depends on the person. But like, um, especially with the SSRI family, I tend to usually like most of them. I'm kind of like diet and exercise. You can control it. It's not like the other class of meds we may talk about later, like antipsychotics. That is going to some of them guaranteed 20 pounds in a year. As a surprise, usually I'm like, maybe five to 10. Mm -hmm. It depends. And like I said, everybody is different. So a lot of these are, are some of them are what we call weight neutral. Some of them we're like, let's talk about a little bit more. Um, in general, those are kind of the, the big ones that I talk to people about. The other one that um, maybe our viewers don't necessarily need to worry about, but their providers should worry about, is if you are someone who has a more bipolar brain chemistry, mm -hmm. something that is an antidepressant, will make you feel better and then you're going to go past better into mania mm -hmm. and mania in case anyone doesn't know it's like really high energy very impulsive we get hypersexual do a lot of impulsive things and you can spend your whole bank account and cheat on your spouse real quick yeah. um if you take them and start suddenly not sleeping but not feeling tired that is number one mm -hmm. mayday stop taking the med right away again stop taking the med right away Manic symptoms may go away, but also might give you some information about what we would move to next for prescribing. Yeah. Um, also, if you're bipolar, antidepressants are not off the table, mm -hmm. but they would be taken with something else to make sure we don't push you up over. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of clients come in and unsure if the anxiety is like low-grade mania or not and get nervous about some of the medications that might push them over the edge. Right. Um, and so that's a really good thing to continue to talk to your provider about 
if those things are happening. And something, especially if we're worried about the manic stuff, I would sometimes have people keep uh, like a sleep journal. And I'm not saying like, I'm, I'm not your therapist. I don't care what your dreams are. <laughs> to a certain example. Um, like we're not going to analyze our dreams, but I do want to know, like if you're somebody who generally sleeps about six hours a night, all of a sudden we're down to three for several nights in a row, I'm getting concerned. Yeah. Or you're somebody who's six hours a night, suddenly you're sleeping 12. Again, that's concerning. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who's six hours a night, suddenly you're at eight. That might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you're like, wow, I'm sleeping like eight hours a night. Great. Maybe things are going well. Um, so it just, it like everything should be discussed with your provider mm-hmm. and especially having a provider where you have an open communication dialogue and you can reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody that it's likely you're going to get a hold of your prescriber at like 1130 on a Tuesday night. It's not going to happen. But 11.30 in the morning, you should be able to send them a message. They should be able to get back to you. Yeah. If that is not the case, there should be somewhere that you can go. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're really concerned about this when you're getting prescribed, like, hey, also, where are places I can go if this doesn't go well? Mm-hmm. Like, your provider should be aware of the urgent care situations in your area, that kind of stuff. Um, they may not know off the top of their head, but they should be able to get back to you with that information. Yeah. Um, so if you're somebody who's really worried about that, again, it's probably a very anxious person. Mm-hmm. Um, saying um that as a contingency plan also side note the reddit rabbit hole the reddit rabbit hole i have many many of my patients struggling mm-hmm. with anxiety go down it you go down go on the internet and you're looking to look up possible side effects and bad experiences yeah. many many people have had bad experiences with everything and they will write about it ad nauseum mm-hmm. and you will read it and then you will be freaked out and never want to do anything mm-hmm. um Going online and informing yourself is great. Your provider will probably have resources they would direct you to that are not random one-off accounts that anyone can write somewhere and post on the internet. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a big thing. I think especially when we're talking about psych meds, but also um, HRT and gender-affirming care Mm -hmm. is like there are so many Reddit rabbit holes and such a distrust of providers that it's hard to be like, well, yeah, my doctor said this, but I don't, can't really trust my doctor because the doctor before that said this thing and said that thing. Right. But there are six people on Reddit who like were on here talking about how terrible it was, and now they're not posting anymore. So that definitely means it was really bad. And it, that spiral just keeps going and going. And there are certain meds we're going to talk and touch on, the, the HRT thing. There are certain meds that don't play well. Mm-hmm. Certain ones will half the level of estrogen. Certain ones, um, not really enough boost testosterone, but like um, th- th- it's something to consider as we move forward with any kind of medical stuff. Is what else are we taking? Mm-hmm. Like um, one of the things that um, SSRIs can do is can it inhibit platelet action, and not like a ton, mm-hmm. but you know if you're about to have a surgery, don't take Prozac mm-hmm. because that means you will not clot as fast and you'll be bleeding more and you will need more stuff. Um, Often I'm telling people, like, if you're going to have a big surgery, let's stop our Prozac. Mm-hmm. Um, because Prozac definitely inhibits platelets. There's these nuances with each one that people will be more or less familiar with. But, um, you know, if you're going to have, let's say, top surgery, mm-hmm. we're not going to be on, like, especially Prozac. That one definitely touches platelets. I'm just in my brain. I'm not sure. I don't want to give him misinformation about the other ones, but I do think some of them also have some platelet inhibition. Because mm-hmm. um, like I said, they're all doing things everywhere. Nothing nothing only touches your brain. Yeah. Because also there's the blood-brain barrier, which I'm sure you just, I don't know, we talked about before, but there's no blood actually in your brain. There's a barrier, this lovely little jelly that sits in. 
um, that sucks the nutrients out of your blood. These meds go through that barrier. Mm -hmm. Not all things do. Mm. So, and the, that also what's in that goo, the, your brain's also the thing pulling the levers on what hormones are being released. So there's this interplay between all of that. And so while I say everything happens everywhere, it doesn't happen equally everywhere. Mm. So that's why like also when, another reason why it's gonna hit your gut first and then it's gotta take a while to get trickle in mm -hmm. to in here. Mm -hmm. You know, that really makes me realize, and I'm curious your thoughts on how important it is when you're going through multiple things to make sure that you have a, uh, a psychiatrist or a psych MP providing your psych meds if you're at the same time doing HRT or going through top surgery or any of these other gender affirming surgeries or have a chronic illness that you're trying to work out um, and not have a PCP prescribing your psych meds. That is something that I often, um, I do with a lot, actually, in my current practice. Um, I started one where I'm working in concert with, uh, working somewhere where we provide primary care, psych services, and other services. Mm -hmm. um, and I get patients that are on meds that I would never want a primary care person prescribing because psych providers know psych meds intimately. That's mm -hmm. what we do. That's the only thing we do. If you want to talk to me about your flu, I'm going to tell you to go talk to somebody who does flu things. Mm -hmm. Because I all I know is that it's, I mean, I'm not going to clinically speak about it. I know enough about it to be like, this is bad. You should talk to someone. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, a lot of people get put on antidepressants by their primary care, which is not a terrible thing. But they're trained to find a problem and give you something for it. They're not necessarily trained in mental health where we're like, your, ther your primary care person is not going to be your therapist. As much as you can trust them and they can be a great person, mm -hmm. they're not trained in therapy. Mm -hmm. They are briefly trained in every part of your body. Mm -hmm. Brain is very complex, emotions even more so. Mm -hmm. I always, rest, especially if we're doing multiple things, I would really encourage people to have an actual psych provider, especially while we're messing with stuff. Yeah. If you're somebody who's been taking something for a very long time, and it's been working, and we're not, and like you kind of worked out what you need to do in therapy, and everything's kind of chilling, and we're just kind of in a maintenance phase, mm -hmm. go to your primary care, that's yeah. fine. Shit goes weird, things stop, stop working, go back to the psych person. Mm -hmm. The psych person is who I would talk to about that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I tend to think of primary care doctors as lovely, I'm just, I don't mean this as a slight to them at all, but as a like generalist, who knows how to take care of colds and flus and things that we all go through and then say, oh, what you're talking about is a gut issue, we're sending you to the gut person. The thing you're talking about is a brain injury, we're sending you to the brain person. And they're kind of like the the really good resource to know what direction to go to. Exactly. They're a great person to get a referral from. Mm -hmm. um, they are also almost always, I have yet to meet one that is not overworked and yeah. overloaded and everything else. and so. They are doing job I don't want, um, but like because it's just like there's so much that they're attending to, and there's so much that I'm attending to when I talk to my patients. Because a lot of times I'll be always like, "Have you seen your primary care person?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, "Okay, have does anybody I mean, monitored your? What is your vitamin D level at? Mm -hmm. Where are we at with our like? What's going on with this disorder that we talked about? You may or may not mm -hmm. have. Do we know if we have it yet or not? We should probably like. That's kind of like I also do referrals, and that's part of how you practice, but. Mm -hmm. But a primary care person, like I said, I used to have uh, colleagues, we all went to school, we all went to our own specialties, um, that would text me, they're like, hey, like, so like, this person is depressed and I gave them Zoloft, and they're still depressed. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, 
so why? I'm like, well, I can't tell you, but like, it's kind of like someone's blood pressure is this, I gave them this, goes down to that. The heart, while very complicated as well, we kind of figure, like, we kind of know mostly how that works. It's mm-hmm. not usually like the biggest mystery. Whereas like depression, mm-hmm. like, you know, we can, we, like your cholesterol, we can measure your cholesterol. That is very easy to do. Cannot measure depression with anything that decides how do you feel. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, something that I would always like recommend you go get a psych consult mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. once. Um, which kind of brings me to the thing that I think we were going to talk about at some point, which is um, duration and like how long, like yeah. how long we take these. What is our course? So first and foremost, nothing cures mental health stuff in mm-hmm. general. It treats it mm-hmm. um so like someone has like bipolar spectrum brain chemistry that's a moving target there's never going to be the one med that just does it for you all the time and that's it because shit hits the fan sometimes changes our brain chemistry because we got put under more stress and that yeah. goes up and down um when i meet somebody and we're talking about starting an ssri particularly ssris um and say they've never been on medication before, this is kind of like the first foray into it, I just have like, we're gonna try this. Usually it's about six months to two years. Mm-hmm. That also in concert with therapy. Most people, a lot of some people go like, do this. We do therapy for two years, we did meds for a year, we're like doing cool, we feeling stable, we've handled the thing that was stressing us out, we can move on with our lives. Um, you can come back to it later. Um, I generally, after a year of being on antidepressants, I give people a holiday, mm-hmm. and if they're willing, and we go, hey, let's either lower our dose, or if it's at a lower dose, stop for a little while and see if we still need it. Mm-hmm. You may feel a little weird that first week, but like, do you still need it? Also, um, certain meds, no, there's no problem being on these for a very long time. There's no major negative side effects. Mm-hmm. The thing, I mean, except for, you know, if you just never had an orgasm, but like, um, then there's, also, sometimes they stop working. Mm-hmm. There is, there is, it's clinically called poop out, which I love. But um, things poop out. They just yeah. stop working. Your your body is taking something to alter how it was functioning, and often nature finds a way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh no, I wanted to be depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that can happen. Is something you talk about. Maybe you switch something up or whatever. But um, by and large, it's usually a six month to two year kind of thing, and then. Hopefully, we've kind of made our life changes, made our coping changes, and move on. Yeah. Um, also, on the note of taking SSRIs, you have to take them every day. Every day. Or they don't work. Yes. I mean, if you miss, okay, say you miss, I mean, we're human, I have ADHD, obviously, and I forget things. It happens. Mm-hmm. Not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Certain ones more end of the world than others, like um, like Paxil in particular. That one, not my favorite, because if you miss a dose, you feel crappy. You miss two doses, you feel like you're withdrawing from fucking heroin. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and not say that I've personally experienced it, but I've watched it a couple times, and it's not pleasant to it's see. Um, it's That one's Darnar. But it also works very well if you have severe OCD. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, all of these have their own kind of flavor, and OCD, like Paxil, is, I've, I've had some amazing results from it. Mm-hmm. But also, and also my OCD patients are not usually super worried about them forgetting things. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, I li- like I lined all of this up and it's, I'm like, cool, that's great. Um, but, um, but this is one that if you miss a day, oh shoot, you can pick it back up and but, it'll be fine. But you cannot take it every other day. 
And that's here's the thing is like if you're taking it like three days a week out of seven, stop because you can you that doing it that way does make it harder for it to work later mm. because it's just it's brains like consistency. Mm-hmm. They are like think of it as like grumpy old grandmother. She wants soup every day and like don't give her like a spicy fucking burrito one day and then nothing the next day. Like it's just it you're. It just—it's messing with your brain. Will destabilize you more, and also has been shown to make it less likely to work later. Doing multiple different trials of medications, and like say, like we start our meds, take them for two years, we feel good, stop for a year, things are fine, get a divorce, lose a foot, whatever, mm-hmm. decide to go back on, works again. When you do the like not quite taking consistently, just kind of like, well, I took it today because I felt really bad. Mm-hmm. A, nothing's happening that's good, and B, it's really just messing with your system, making it harder for it to work later. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. No Tic Tacs. So what I'm hearing is that these are really good for anxiety and depression. Is there any other symptoms that you would try an SSRI with? Like I said, um, OCD, which often is... I, so there's a bunch of different disorders that are in the DSM that not everybody construes with anxiety and depression. PTSD is a stress. Mm-hmm. Anxiety disorder works great for some of the symptoms it's not going to make your trauma go away mm-hmm. really again wish there was a pill for trauma we wouldn't have mm. a job It'd be great i would um, love that yeah um ocd like i mentioned before very anxiety based kind of disorder um certain ones will use for anorexia sometimes like there's all a host of different things that aren't just anxiety depression we use them for like um it's not an essence right but like the wellbutrin reference i mentioned before which we're never probably going to cover because it's kind of own medication, mm-hmm. but it, that's increasing the levels, like this increased levels of serotonin. It's increased levels of dopamine and norepinephrine, which are things that people with ADHD tend not to have much of. Mm-hmm. And ADHD brains tend to like it, especially if, like if you have a mood disorder and ADHD, well, butrin is like gold standard for that with a, another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of these are used for more than just depression and anxiety. Um, like I said, like you could have bi- you could you could have more of a bipolar brain chemistry. We still use it. Mm-hmm. We just add something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like there's a lot of different things that we would use this for. Awesome. Um, but again, um, anyone who tells you that exactly how the brain works is lying. Yes. Anybody who tells you they know something as a fact is lying. There are very few things yes. in life that. Lying. It's very lying. That's not. We don't trust Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Well, to end on gaslighting and what gaslighting is. Yeah. What we're ending the podcast now with. What was your favorite queer joy moment of the past week or two? Hmm. Um. It's been kind of a interestingly rough week. Um. Uh. Oh, I will say, a friend of mine did give me. a very new, ridiculously skinky dress that I, I was, <laughs> it took me half an hour to get on mm-hmm. because it's very hot here in LA and I was very sweaty, but I put it on and I was like, I cannot wait to find a place to wear this thing out. It is just bizarre. It looks like a snake shed its skin onto me Oof. and I can sit down, nice. which was like, I, when you can sit down and dress like that, I was like, this is perfect. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Thanks, I love <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much. This is hugely helpful to talk about, and I'm excited to talk more about the different medications and how they can be used. And yeah. 
I know that our clients and the people listening are, are eating this up. If they have other questions also, like they send something in, like or like several people ask the same thing, mm-hmm. um, we can maybe touch on it next time. Yeah. Or something. We can yeah. like have like a whatever. If, they, if there's something that's like, I want to know what that meant, we can talk about it. Yes. If you want to know about a medication, uh, DM us, email us at info at Open Space Therapy Collective, and um, post in the comments below. Thank you so much, Mikey. Well, it's great to be here. Okay, bye. bye. Thanks for joining us. If you're in California looking for a therapist, visit our website at openspacetherapycollective.com and book a free intro call with one of our therapists to see if we're the right fit for you. My Therapist is Out is an Open Space Therapy Collective podcast. Our therapists are Kristen Crow, Debbie White, Jenny Nigro, Tara Friedman, and Renee Johnson. Our admin communications coordinator is Riley Andresen. Our podcast editing is done by Smash and Grab Studio. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's topic. Leave us a comment below or email us at info at openspacetherapycollective.com. You can find us on TikTok at Open Space Therapy and on YouTube and Instagram at Open Space Therapy Collective. If you're enjoying My Therapist is Out, please rate, comment, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening.